What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 21 of Beyond the Smokestacks. We are joined by my co-host, Christian. What's up, Christian? Feeling pretty good today. Uh, how are you, Joe? I'm great. I'm fucking fired up. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm raring to go. Let's do this. That's that. That's good. Dangerous and scary at the same time. <laughs> I don't know which one it's going to be yet, but I, I dig it. And welcome back after a, a one-week hiatus, Davi. What's good? I'm back, but unlike Pellegrini, uh, I was missed. <laughs> wow. And a very special welcome to our special guest for episode 21, John Santoro. What's up, John? How's it going, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on here. No problem. So, what is the uh, what is the consensus feeling around the room here of, uh, of how we're feeling after last night's 2-1 victory over Nashville? I hate to say I told you so, but I fucking told you so. Because <laughs> um, I was the... Cause, so, we were, we were pretty light last week. Uh, on the pod, we were pretty light last week when we had three, uh, me, Joe, and Sanchez, who was our guest last week, so we didn't have Davi. So out of the three predictions, I was the only one that had us winning. I had us winning 2-0, so it wasn't exactly correct, but I said that Nashville is not a good offensive team, and I don't think they would cope well with the chaos that a place like City Field would create. And sure enough, it looked like NYCFC pretty much until like the last like five minutes or so, like the last ten minutes were a little nervy, but for the most part, had a pretty good grip on the game. And, uh, you know, to, and Nashville was fortunate enough that we didn't score more, in my opinion. So, like, you know, I'm really happy with that win. I'm. It was nice to be back in City Field uh, again. That, that that supporters, I can't always speak for the, you know, supporter section. The supporter section was on fire all night. We were very much enjoying uh, what was going on. And, yeah, no, just a great game, great night in, in Queens. And uh, I got to visit our future home for the first time by walking around the corner and seeing what's going on. So yeah, no good times. Good times indeed. All right, John rapid fire questions. You ready for this? Oh yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Favorite current NYCFC player. Yeah. So my definitely my favorite one right now is Gabby Sands, like kid homegrown, like quiet, just does his job. Like love Sands. Yes. No issues with him at all. Very popular. Puts in a choice here in the pod. Puts yeah. in an absolute Sam. shift yeah. every time he steps on the field. Very good Absolutely. game last night yeah. too. A lot of people were talking about Ledesma and you know and like and, and everybody else and how well they did. Sands was really good last night, as usual. Yeah, especially after like Wardyman Trip is going to be playing this week. After like he looked like he got hurt pretty bad last week. Like kid steps up every time. Yeah, so it, it actually came out. Um, I think it was last night or, or early this morning. I saw it on, on social media, but Sands thought he broke his foot after the tackle in Atlanta. Um, and I obviously went back and, and got x-rays and it came back negative. And then, and then he comes and what puts in 90 minutes against, uh, against Nashville. And most, most, I mean, at least me, I, in my predictions for the lineup, I didn't think he was going to get a run out or maybe like a, maybe a cameo at the end because he does have midweek us men's national team call up coming. So I thought that they were going to arrest him as a precautionary, but then he goes out there and puts in 90 minutes, like an absolute boss. I mean, if you told me who was the one player that wouldn't start this week from last week and it wasn't Sands, like, I mean, it was Santi in the end, which was the shocking thing to me, but uh, Ledesma put on a clinic, which was great, too, so. All right, favorite all-time NYCFC player? So, yeah, all-time's got to be Maxi. Like, little magician, guy always, like, despite being, like, 5'2", generously, like, the guy would always, like, find anybody on the field whenever it was, like, I just freaking love them like 
Uh, he's probably the one player I miss the most this season. Just like, well, well, Santi's great, and uh, it doesn't look good just to have that one guy create as much as possible. Like, definitely missed this year, but yeah. just yeah, just great. And obviously, during last year's playoffs, the, the littlest player on the field putting the entire team on his back and carrying us through those those, those playoffs. Um, is something oh yeah, seasonally. absolutely. He's a subtly brilliant player too, because I mean, like, he's not a flashy player. Like, you're never going to see Maxi Morales on like one of those like. MLS like intro like montages or anything like that he doesn't do anything that's like flashy or like or just like but he's like he's just silently brilliant like like the work he puts in like like you're starting to notice it this year how much of a factor he was in linking our midfield with the attack and you know and in reverse like you know linking the midfield with the defense like and uh you know I've actually got like a little comment about uh, a maxi like performance later but uh yeah no I love maxi he's he's up there like he's he he's one of the, uh, yeah no he's he's Mount he, he's a uh, uh, Mount Rushmore of NYCFC players for me personally too. All right, and the, absolutely. And the question everybody's waiting for: favorite NYCFC kit. Ah, uh, that is a tough one. I uh, like I love both of the kits we're wearing right now. Like I love the Volt kit a lot. I also really like the um, what was it the nineteen twenty home kit Racing with the stripe. Love that right. one. Yeah, that, that one's a nice one, man. Yeah, but honestly, like this one, right? Like, I hate to say, like this one right now that we're wearing the Interboro kit is my favorite because it's so new. But it, I just love the style of it. I think it's the best home kit we've had so far. So I think I might go Interboro kit to be honest. Def- yeah. Definitely among the best home kits for sure. For the li- yeah. for the listeners who can't obviously see us, um, half of the podcast right now is wearing the Interboro kit. I can't see what Davi's wearing because his camera's off because he's because he's shy. <laughs> but but uh to half of the podcast is wearing the interborough kit this morning or this afternoon so and we all own one yeah we all own one we can all confirm that yeah um all right so john i want to give you the floor right now and i want you to kind of uh, let the listeners know uh, what your nycfc origin story is how you found this club how you fell in love with this club and and kind of how you became um and how your fandom rose to the heights it has rose to today yeah, so I mean, it, it kind of all started like I never started watching soccer until I was in college. I had a, a friend, Tony, who was a big Chelsea fan. And I remember just asking him, like, hey, any team in particular I should start rooting for? And of course, he ended up leading me towards uh, Southampton at the time, which uh, today is not so great to be a fan of. But ever since then, I'm like, I yeah, kind of yeah, want to. Yeah, support- yeah, y- y'all are going down, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're heading down. And at the time I was watching them, they were playing great. But again, like, they had Van Dyke, they had all these great players that they always sell off. But Mane. Mane, yep. Um, always to Liverpool, though, for whatever reason. Uh, and But I always wanted to watch like teams, you know, a little more local, like, you know, can't head out to London or Southampton all the time. So I remember it was around 2015, which is the year NYCFC started, and I was definitely curious in them. And I always liked the idea of, like, start, like, joining a team on the ground floor and, like, being able to see everything from the very start. Uh so I started watching them then. It was difficult in college. So I really started following more than like in 2016. Ended up going to my first game, which was the game where we played Philly and uh, all three DPs via Lampard and Pirlo scored, uh, which was great, huge. And, you know, just started following the league at the time. I had no clue what a DP was, uh, but I loved it. And uh, yeah, you know, then the next game after that was the first Derby game we won on that. Uh, I think it was a 4th of July weekend. It was? And just, I, I think so. I think it was, yeah, I think so. Um, 
And I've just been like July, a huge July 3rd, 2016, a 2 0 win. Yeah. There you go. Well, I don't know if you listen yeah. on, on another pod. That's the fir- that's the one and only derby I've ever missed, and it was because of my sister's wedding. So oh, I, know, no. I know exactly what date it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I feel like that I missed the I missed the uh, Eber game winning derby uh, to my cousin's wedding, so I know what it's like to miss like some of those big yeah. games. But uh, but yeah, I mean, ever since just been city member since 2017, and just love going to games, getting as many people into this team. You know, whether the ups, the downs, whatever it is, it is. It's always great. Love it. So at Yankee Stadium, where are you posted up at? Where, where's your season tickets? I am in 228. Okay. So, which is not bad. And then I think at City Field yesterday, they put me in a 337, I think, which is honestly, I like those seats probably more than my Yankee Stadium ones are right at midfield, which is nice. Yeah, so I, I so. sat right near you. I was in 337, I think, as well yesterday. Oh, sweet. I was in the second row. Yeah, I was in, I was in uh, row three. <laughs> Oh, you may have been right behind. I may have been yeah. right behind you, yeah. And I, and and when I go to Yankee, yeah. I don't have season tickets, but I usually buy in like two twenty seven B, two twenty seven A, right right around there. Yeah, I mean it's a great spot. I mean, like, and sometimes like the venture around, it's like the supporter section stuff. But if I just want to like have a good view of the field, it's great. For sure, high up, see everything. I'm the only supporter section junkie here in this bitch, and the supporter <laughs> section felt awesome last night. I loved the, I, I I love like the really loud, section. really loud on the broadcast. Yeah, they were loud. Yeah, no, it, it's because of that overhang that's right above it. All that noise stays in, as opposed to like the you know the the, the left field bleachers at Yankee Stadium, where like it's just kind of in the open air and it just kind of has to just travel throughout the stadium. But like, no, it it's yeah, awesome. I loved it. Can't wait for how loud it'll be whenever our stadium opens in 2027. It's gonna be great. God, it's like, like I don't know if uh, anybody went to the pregame march, but like Brad Sims was there, uh, and uh, Francisco Moya was there, and they both like spoke to the uh, the supporters like directly, and they had like that concept of like the NYCFC stadium. That's uh, like I, I actually took a took a walk around the corner to visit the location where it's going to be, and I've got like a like a picture of like kind of like on the city city field side of the street where it's like on the right side, like that's where it's going to be. And I just, yeah, no, I, I, I you can see that a few of the chop shops are still holding out, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, but I, I'm still, uh, I'm still confident. I'm still happy. And I'm just excited, but like, it, it's a perfect place for, to like, oh, yeah. to like make our own stamp and also building a neighborhood around it. It's just going to be magical. Like it's going to be our neighborhood essentially. I mean, just thinking of all the bars and stuff that'll be like NYCFC themed and all that. Well, and I can't need... wait to see a before and after picture of that street. Yeah, we need a, uh, we need a new bodega. That's what we need. Yeah. So, so let's hope that somebody uh, opens one up in uh, in Wilds Point soon. Mayor Adams was at the game as well, right? He was. He yeah. spoke on the pitch before the game. Uh, man, a few words. Uh, <laughs> very brief. <laughs> yeah, very brief. And then Francisco Moya kind of had to come in and just like, oh, oh that's it. Okay, uh, well, you know, we're building right over there, you know. So, yeah, no, but hey, listen, it obviously the city. like That's it, my like, mayor. Yeah, if, if they're bringing out Brad Sims, Eric Adams, and uh, and Francisco Moya all to this, like, game, like, like the first city field game, you can tell that, like, like, it, this obviously means a lot to the city and a lot to like the people of Queens and New York and the fan base. Like it, it's, um, I, I couldn't be more excited, man. It, I'm I'm so stoked for it. And yeah, no, just 
a, a great first game night of 2023 in Queens, and uh, it'll, I'm it'll just forward. be so good for the area because it's it's been empty for 100 years, and now it's going to be a spot where like a lot of money is going to be made. It's going to yeah, be great for the economy and also for people like affordable housing. I don't know how true that is, but um, mm-hmm. you know because rent rent uh, rent in New York is uh, higher than Snoop Dogg on 420 right now, thanks to um, a few things. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic for the city, so I I can't wait. What you got, Joe? So I'm, I'm looking at my tweets from last night. So I, I, I was uh, I got there early enough that I was I was there for uh, Fan Fest and I was at the third rate tailgate. I ran I, I, found, I, I ran into Christian, um, ran into, ran into a bunch of former podcast uh, guests. Sanchez was there. I ran I ran into uh, um, little Dicky Felix. Little I ran into Felix. Oh, Adam. Adam. I ran into Adam. Little Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> he looks just like little Dicky. It's ridiculous. Um, but, uh, so cat, um, cat owner, Mike, who I've, uh, I've been, I've, I've had a Twitter really Twitter back and forth with him a lot over the years. Um, <laughs> so somebody tweeted, uh, Hudson River Blue tweeted out a picture of, uh, of, uh, Brad Sims and, and Francisco Moya, um, outside city field and cat owner, yeah. and cat owner Mike responds, is that coach Joe <laughs> indicating that I look like Francisco Moya. <laughs> And now that he, now that he mentions it, yeah, kind of you're kind of the gringo version of Moya. Your Moya without any adobo in it. And then, and then Hudson Hudson Blues further speculation that has anybody ever seen Francisco Moya and Coach Joe in the same room together? Uh, now, now, now we need a picture with both of them together. So he, he, you know I, mean, I don't wear I don't wear flat brim fitteds, and he has. But he, I mean, his and his glasses are circular. Mine are more rectangular. But I, I mean, I, I can see we both have majestic beards. <laughs> I was I was trying to get Joe to come through to the Templados tent, but uh, he was like, "No, I'm at the third rail tent." So I had to go walk my ass across like the plaza, uh, like into the parking lot. I walked past him once, and I called him I'm like, "Where are you?" He's like, "You literally just walked behind me," and I'm like, "You didn't say anything." Well, because I saw like, Christian and... walk by me, but I was too busy getting um, a roast con pollo um, from from the third rail. And I turn around, and Christian's gone. And I'm like, I thought he would have <laughs> saw me or something. But no, <laughs> what are you gonna say? No, I'm the guy in the orange. It's like, 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 everybody and the hat. Like, yeah. It's it's like everybody. It's the NYCFC game. Everybody looks alike. They all dress alike. And the one thing the I'll same. say, the one thing I'll say is that the 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 pregame atmosphere. I'm not gonna say that one is better than the other. They're just very different. Obviously, yeah. pregame in the Bronx at Yankee Stadium. Everyone does their own little selective thing. Go into the bodega, go into stands, go into Yankee Tavern, go into um, whatever the other bar is. Uh, what's, what's, what's the other? Uh, Billy's, I think. Willie, uh, yeah, the Billy, dugout. Billy's, the dugout. So everyone everyone has like their own pregame thing they do. All right. But then we all meet for the march and then we all walk. We march forward and then, and then disperse and go in whatever gate. So like we do our own thing and then we culminate and come together for like uh, 20 minutes during the march. And then everyone disperses again. I like at city how it, it's more of a tailgate feel to it where everyone's in a centralized not not centralized because obviously the third the templados were off in a different area but we're all in the same area that and then kind of uh, fan fest is is in the middle so like everyone has something to do but it's all in the same area you feel like you're you feel like you're walking through like and you're just seeing you, you can kind of give in head nods to the people you know and, and going and talking to whoever you want to talk to um but it has more of like a giant's tailgate feel to it than it does um than it does, than it does like at, at Yankee, where it's like it's like it feels more 
football centered where you're doing the march. Or I mean, apparently there was a march. I, I didn't know where I didn't know where it was happening. Um, I guess it was happening right at the stairs when you come down the, uh, by the by the subway. Is that where the march was? March was? Yeah, it was literally like right by there. Uh, it was by the Templados Ten, okay. uh, basically by like where that apple is. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, I, and it, it's not so much a march because there's nowhere yeah, really a huge march. <laughs> But, uh, but the thing is, um, I, I left early because I had to help uh, other member, like some members of my SG, uh, hang up a banner, which was uh, convenient. Which nobody knew where it was because uh, Sam Perman, uh, shout out Sam. Uh, apparently, we handed it to one person. We gave it to Sam. We put it in a snare bag when we got into the uh, stadium. The snare bag wasn't there, and so we were like. Who the fuck's got the banner? And like one of our one of our uh, more senior members of our SG was like, yeah, like like is someone gonna handle this? <laughs> Where's the banner? And I'm just like, we don't know. He disappears for like ten minutes, comes back with the banner, like uh, on his person, and we were able to hang it up. And uh, you know, I won't get into specifics, but it was a very nice banner for sure. Yeah. So um, so what what did you guys think, uh, uh, John? What, what did you think about the uh, about the pregame festivities? Oh, I love it. Like, I honestly really like the whole Queens experience, the City Field stuff. Like, as much as I love Yankee Stadium, even as a big Yankee fan, just the vibe at City Field feels always different, and I love it. Like, again, like I said, much more, you can tailgate there, you can just hang around, move around, as opposed to usually picking your bar spot, and then, yeah, like you said, marching in or going in when you want. They're both good in their own rights, um, but uh, I am honestly pretty happy that we have Queens as our home going forward. Uh, I think it's just a... And also just, like, it's a great borough to be a part of. I mean, I think the people are always great, and like people are just seem a little more friendly in the Queens for some reason. It's something great about it. Those nights. I'll tell you what. I was not a fan of the forty dollars parking. I mean, I know I know I'm one of the few that drives in. I know that Christian takes public transportation, but paying mm -hmm. paying forty dollars to park my vehicle on a slab piece of cement is not fantastic. Joe. Yeah. I, Joe. How, however much it costs to get to New York Penn from you, <laughs> and then tramp, and then do the one to the seven. I promise you it's cheaper than fucking driving and paying the tolls and the parking. Like, I promise you. Oh, I, no, I know it it's is. Electric. Even, yeah. if you, even if you go the more expensive route and take the LIRR from New York Penn, like, it's still cheaper than what you would pay driving. You have to realize where I'm coming from, though, because you're coming from – you're, you're in Elizabeth, which is a more, like, city – town or city in, in new yes. jersey i'm coming from the I'm, I'm coming from the sticks out in rockaway new jersey I'm, I'm out i'm out 80 west far man i'm out here and, and, on, top sure that, and on top of that i did go pick up my buddy in in in, uh, in in Passaic county so like it was like it just i'm i'm going to google i'm going to google the options from rockaway <laughs> and once i find one i'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm not only going to send them to you directly i'm going to print it out so you can put it on your fridge like, I'm calling BS because I grew up in Rockaway and I went to many games from Rockaway before I moved out. Rockaway, New Jersey. <laughs> yes, yeah. Damn. That's where I. That's where I grew up. Really? Yeah, crazy. What is your fucking excuse, Joe? Knowles or Hills? Uh, Knowles. Knowles, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> Jersey, disgusting yeah. state. <laughs> I know. I thought I was gonna get shit for being like a Jersey guy on here, but like, I, I, no, I not live, not alone. I, but I'm, I live. In Jersey I, live now, so. I live deep. In enemy territory, I, I'm talking so deep that I took my car to the dealership to get service, and I drove by the little assholes fucking practice facility and, and drove with one hand on the wheel and my other hand giving the middle finger out the window. I got, I'm in Morristown. I'm like a stone's throw away from the Rebel I, I hate it. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, just go to Secaucus. That's why I always uh, drive Secaucus, take the one train stop, and then uh, yeah. you know, spend a day in the city and go up that way. Maybe I'll give it a it's cheaper. Enough, maybe I'll least. give it a try uh, for next week for this coming weekend against uh, FC Dallas. Um, all right, so I, I think now is, I mean, uh, da- Davi, you weren't you, you didn't you, you didn't make your your way out to Queens last night, right, Davi? No, I worked, you but uh, I, I watched the game from home. Well, okay, so how how was the viewing experience? Um, like how how, how was the sight lines of City Field? How was the how was the announcers? Give us give us that background. Oh, I hate the announcers, man. Uh, I, I I hate I hate it. I mean, I I I I don't want to sound like a uh, misogynist or whatever, but I I can't deal with uh uh with the with what's her name? Like, like what's, high- what's her what, what's her name? What's her name specifically? I've I've heard I, her before. I don't know, and I don't really care. Um, I can't deal with her voice. I don't like her voiceover sports. Um, uh, the, the, it's the, uh, the like they they had they had the Irish guy. I I like I watched it Kevin back. Egan. Kevin Egan, that's his name. Uh, yeah. I don't like, like like it sounded like they were in a studio. It didn't sound like they were actually at the game. They might have been at the game. I don't know. Like, like for, for, I know Apple TV was making it a point to like put guys like like put like commentators at games yeah well, yeah we were talking about this last night uh, I, yeah no i i watched the game back yesterday uh, the commentary brings it down but but the thing is they did they switched up the camera angle again so remember there were like the original camera angle is basically from it's the hard camera that goes from i guess like if you were if you were to take the actual baseball stadium like actual schematics it's kind of it's on the uh, first baseline and it, it sort of it sort of points towards the benches Whereas last year, if I recall, when when they had the playoff game, it was they they swapped it to the other end uh, last year. So that way, yeah, I, yeah, I found that one weird when they swapped it for the Miami game. So I don't know why the constant stopping, but I think there's some technical issues with the Miami game. There's something because I remember that it was on the flip. Yeah, no, it's like line, but... yeah, and yeah. They, they had like they had like boards on the other side of the field for some reason. And the problem is when. When you film it that way, you can see the supporters like 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 face first. However, like the problem is, is that you get like a long view of that that like first baseline, like the netting, like where they don't seat people. There's a big section that, like in that stadium and in, in City Field where they do not seat anybody, and and that was the section that was showing up during the playoff game. Like because even though there was like nineteen thousand people there, they're showing the one corner like where they're not like and. It didn't look good on TV, but like um, the other, but like I, I don't know. I, I I was not feeling the. Uh, I, I I only watched it back. Obviously, like the the actual atmosphere of the game itself was amazing, but I watched it back on Apple TV last night, and it I I didn't like uh, the announcers at all. I didn't like the. I don't know. The, 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 it, it it looks good. Apple TV knows how to make it look good, but. That's about it. All right, yeah. So getting diving headfirst into the match, two-one um, win over Nashville. Our first win against Nashville as a French as a since their expansion year, since they've been a franchise in MLS. Um, it moves um, our record against them to one win, one draw, two losses. The announced attendance at the match was eighteen thousand six hundred eighty-seven, which is good for the fourth largest crowd at City Field. Um, through I think that's eight. Uh, three, six, seven games now. Three, six, eight games. Eight games. Yeah. This is the fourth largest crowd at at City Field. Um, there was definitely parts of the crowd that were very full, and there was definitely parts uh, sections that were were very, very empty. 
Um, now, John, you were sitting in, in a section similar to mine. Optically, do, do you think it looks good slash appropriate for the supporters to be jammed in a corner of the stadium? You see, I I don't, uh, but because I and I remember the one game, our first playoff game, I think there years ago. I think it was against Toronto where uh, Matarita had that penalty kick in extra time. Uh, that I still had nightmares about. But they stacked them in the two uh, levels in the outfield, um, in right field there, and I thought that looked great. But then I think I remember hearing that there was an issue with people on the top level couldn't see the goal. I'm like, I get that's not the best, but I just think it looks intimidating and cool to have two levels of supporters staring down on that goal. But I get it's probably the best they can work with that city field, the way it's designed. So, well, so I was, so, I, 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 sorry, I, I was looking, and behind the goal... The uh behind the goal that we scored on for the, the two goal actually where all the goals were scored, um uh, behind that goal would be a great place for the for the, for the supporters to sit, um because there's a lot of sections over there. Also, the the Christian was speaking about the uh the, the deck that's above them that kind of brings that shelters in that sound. There's like three there's like three rows of three sections of deck over there. That'd be the perfect place to put them. So so okay so here's the thing so with, with supporters. Uh, supporter section tickets. We basically have access from like a certain, like a certain, like like it's general admission to a certain amount of, uh, like like a certain certain a, a few set a few sections. Um, I believe that those sections are from 104 to 106. I believe it's like I, I don't. I'm not a Mets fan, and I don't go to City Field often unless NYCFC is playing. So. Like I'm trying to describe it as best as I can. I don't know if that like little bleacher area is included in there. I have thought like why. So basically, it's just that supporters just gravitate towards that one corner. But the thing is, it's very close to the pitch. It's very close to the pitch. Like like if I hang like 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 over like the wall, like 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 where, where that corner is. If I were to like reach far enough, I could probably touch a player's head as like he like went to go kick like like went to like do like the corner kick, like uh, like like you're right on top of him like over there. Um, so I guess it's just the will of the supporters. That's just where they congregate, and that's just like where we are. Uh, there's also a lot more space like uh, vertically for like uh, people to come in, where as opposed to that like kind of like little deck area where you only have so much space. Like it, it's kind of like it, it, it's. It's kind of like a bleacher area, but it's also like kind of small as far as to how many rows there actually are. So, and the thing is, if like they can't do the second deck thing over there, like again, because half the people there can't see shit. So, and and also it's at like an odd angle where like if you were to have like a tifo or something like that, like I remember we had a tifo for that Toronto game, but you couldn't see it unless you were like on the other side of the pitch. So, you know, like. And I know we faced Philly there this year. We might have a TIFO for them. That's a TIFO. It's a rivalry game now, oh, for sure. Oh, so I see what John's saying. If if you sit really high up in that section, that section I was talking about, then you can't see that goal, probably. No, you can't see anything in that second deck yeah. at all. Uh, you, like, uh, it, it, it's just, yeah, it, I, I don't. I don't know if that's like a weird thing because I I would imagine like that also affects baseball because if you can't see the goal there you can't see the outfield fence if you're sitting up there you know like during a baseball game so you know you basically have to guess when the home runs are coming in I guess I, I don't know like like 
City, here's the thing. City Field offers like a much more louder and more intimate experience, but there are a lot of drawbacks. Like, like, like as opposed to like Yankee Stadium. There's like places in Yankee Stadium where you get like a really good view. Uh, at, at City Field, you're closer, but the drawback is like it's kind of it, it, it's a little odder. It's it, I would I would I would argue it's even odder, more odd than uh, Yankee Stadium. Um, so, uh, our updated standings, updated, updated record for 2023. We are now sitting at three wins, two losses, three draws, fifth in the East, 10, I mean, I know we don't, 10th in the shield, 10th in the, 10th in the league, nine goals for nine goals against zero goal differential, three, oh, and one at home, oh, two, and two away. We are doing a great job at getting most points, if not all points, at home. We need to do start start picking it up um, on the away. Um, our updated uh, record at City Field. We are now four wins, three draws, and one loss at City Field. Um, how we? I mean, I, I think we're doing a good job of, of steadily climbing the standings. Um, some pieces are falling our way in the Eastern Conference with uh, teams not particularly doing well. Philadelphia is having a really hard go of it right now. Um, uh, Red Bulls as well. Yeah, so I saw the Red, the Red Bulls, the, the entire Viking army, almost the entire Viking army marched out of the stadium after the uh, after the uh, Star Spangled Banner and left the section and left the game um, to send a message to the front office about the Dante Van Zier incident. Um, and then uh, the Red uh, Red Bulls went down 1-0 and then found a way once again to equalize at the death, like post, I think it was like post 85th minute, around something somewhere around there. They found a way to get an equalizer and escape with a point against, I believe it was, was it Minnesota, Davi? Houston. Houston. Um, yeah. And, uh, who, by the way, who only had three shots all game. Yeah. Um, so we are, we're finding, finding a way to climb, climb the standings with, uh, with a date with FC Dallas coming, uh, coming this weekend. We're well above the, the playoff line. Um, the team, the only teams above us are Columbus, Atlanta, Cincinnati, and New England. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but Cincinnati got the doors blown off of them by C- by St. Louis City last night. Like, like, I th- I thought after I kept getting tweet notifications of, about the score, and I was like, I was like, is this going to be, the, is this going to be their version of the game that we don't speak about? Like, they, they were just getting it was like goal after goal after goal, and then finally they got they got one back at the end. But I was just like make it stop like throw in the towel <laughs> do something because they were just getting scored on like at well at one point they took a shot it hit off the off roman celentano's back and then went in the goal like i mean at a certain point it's just like it's not your day just, just summed up their night really yeah the soccer gods are just not on your side this is not going to end well um all right. and they, that game was delayed like two hours from kickoff as well because of weather yeah yeah, apparently there's tornadoes in the area or something. Well, so I mean, the the the, uh, the weather got I mean, the, the the Mother Nature was kind to us last night because I mean, uh, John, I know I know you live you live close to me, but apparently we got absolutely hammered yesterday by by rain and thunder and, and lightning and all that stuff. Um, but out in out in Queens, not not a drop. I think I think Red Bull was also delayed the kickoff yeah, as well. But out in Queens, it was it was night nice night sixty something degrees, no no precipitation, beautiful night. What's with these delayed kickoffs due to weather this year? Like like was it severe weather in Jersey? Because I wasn't I wasn't like yeah. thunderstorms. Yeah, we were getting hammered. yeah, it's got to be lightning. We got hammered by mm-hmm. lightning and rain um, in Jersey. My my kitchen flooded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I came back last night off the train, and I noticed it was damp outside. 
And I was like, oh, I guess it rains here. Because I was expecting it to rain there, so I brought my windbreaker. Um, I mean, it was a pretty, like, mild night. It was like, what, like, what would you say, like, 60, like, 50-something? Like, 60-something. So, yeah. Yeah, so something that you can wear, like a like a jacket with, like, like like a slight jacket, like nothing like too crazy, like. But um, yeah, no, I remember like it was supposed to rain. I remember seeing like a few drops pre like kickoff, like there was like a few, and but then nothing ever materialized from it. It just never started, and uh, it was a very beautiful night for football. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so getting into the game facts. NYCFC started this game off hot. 11th minute. 11th minute. Tallis in the corner, surrounded by two people, coming down on him. He decides to uh, to work work his uh, Tallis uh, Magico. And, he, uh, he, gives, he, he hits them with a nice La Croqueta, like, to get through. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he, yeah his skill was finally did something to towards something productive for once. Yeah, for sure it's going to be on his IG reels by some point today. Um, anyway. I think it already is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so he, he nutmegs a player. Um, he wanted, he wanted to get up back on the end of it, but, uh, but Micha, Micha Elenich, um, first time cross steps up, hits the ball first time with his right peg. Sends in a beautiful cross to Big Bird, who uh, who rises up, gets a head on it. Looks like he surprises the entire national defense as well as Joe Willis, and uh, and nods that ball into the back of the net. Nice finish, nice clean finish. I know, um, Christian, you've been you've been critical of Parks's uh, shooting ability, but he's pretty damn good with his with his head. I must say. No, it was a, it was a brilliant finish, and uh, and it was a testament. Like it, it, it felt like it was coming because there was some like very like very good. see, especially with. With Parks because he was making these brilliant late runs into the area. Now listen, I was actually talking about it last night. I I think we all know that like Gabe Siegel probably isn't the answer at the nine, but he's a decent band aid solution just because of the way he moves off the ball. He moves like a striker off the ball, so which allows like which which, which creates a lot of space behind and which him. Which also that way we don't have to play anybody out of position. Well, yeah, I mean, well that obviously that's like first and foremost, but he also creates like the space for guys like. Uh, like Ledesma and like Keaton Parks to make late runs in behind, like 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 behind him and occupy that space towards the edge of the area. So like yeah, no, it was a great goal. Talas did some you know n- n- nice you know fancy footwork. You know the the, the croqueta like through. Uh, it seems like he was he he almost is like oh like he was surprised to see Ilanich there. Yeah. But Ilanich was a very heads up decision by Ilanich to just like no, I- I've got the momentum. I can carry this ball in. It was it was a delicious. It was perfect. It was a perfect ball. It was inch perfect. Like it, like it had had height even, to it. Even, it had, even the commentator said it was a delicious cross. It, 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 yeah, it had height to it. It had pace to it. It it was it was it was just it was perfect. And Keaton Parks just rose above it. And I saw like the goalkeeper like th- there's nobody around Keaton just, Park. There's, there, just, there's nobody around. Stood there and watched the ball go in. There's nobody around Keaton, and he's one v one with the keeper. So I so I, I said like mid air I'm like oh and if, if Keaton par- if Keaton directs this like on target like there's no chance that it, it's it's going to miss but I was worried because Keaton is not one who typically puts balls on target he's uh, he's a great player yeah, he does I, a lot I remember one time he's a great player and he does a lot of things well shooting is not one of them uh, rem- historically speaking but I, it was I, just- I remember one time uh, he he had a, like a rebound against the Red Bulls it was like it was literally like two inches in front of goal Lee Strobe is like parried it up to his head and he missed it 
Yes, I, I, I yes, I rest my case with uh, with Keaton Parks's uh, lack of a lack of a finish. Like he, that, that's the one thing he just doesn't have in his uh, in, in his locker for the most part. Uh, he can occasionally chip in, but not too often. And uh, just a perfect header, perfect cross, Milanich. Nice work from Talis to break break free break free from all the pressure. And uh, yeah, no, an, an early goal. You know, like you said, eleventh minute. So. It couldn't have, st- and, and this is not a team that has typically started off games well. Uh, Joe, you, you're the one that probably has the stats in front of you. I, I, I wager the earliest goal we've scored all year. Uh, I think I didn't look that up, but I'm a, yeah, definitely because we um, Sanchez brought it up on the last pod that um, NYCFC has only led in uh, they pretty much only only led in the, in the two matches they've won. Um, every other match that they've drawn or lost, they have not had a lead in. So it was super important for us to come out and get an early goal, but to definitely to score first. And that this put the nail on the head um, with Parks finishing the shot early, and it kind of it definitely set the tone for the for the remainder of the match. That like like we're we're coming out here to take it to Nashville. We're not we're not we're not going to sit back and rest on our laurels and and let them come to us. We want to come out and be the aggressors. We want what what, what 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 was your quote that you had? In the, something about uh, something aggression. Uh, Ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. Uh, I'm, well, I'm WWE reference. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge pro wrestling fan, and I and if I'm Nick Cushing, I have to put all the guys around the ring and say, I want to see some ruthless aggression. You know, like like because that because listen, right now we have enough talent to get us over the line. We do. We have enough talent to be a very formidable team in the East. We're not going to be dominating the East, but we have enough talent to get us through, get us through into the summer. Figure out what we're doing at the striker position, and then cook. Like for real, for real, actually cook. You know, not just accidentally or hopefully cook. Um, but you, you wanted to see like certain players step up tonight, and uh, I'm gonna. I really want to talk about Ledesma's performance in a little bit, and we'll, we'll definitely get to that. But um, uh, no, it very very good performance, especially from the pl- players up top. Like uh, even though Talis was like you know a little bit sloppy, I still thought that hit. That being off the ball, I also thought he was slowing down counterattacks way too much. There were certain times where we were on the break, we were on the counter, but it, just running full full sprint is just not in his bag. That is just he's got a lot of tricks in his bag. Running full sprint is not one of them. Uh, and uh, but no, um, I was I was quite impressed with like the the fire start that we had, um, especially you know like uh, you know just Ke- I, I already said it. Keaton's finish was brilliant. I loved it. I loved everything about that play. Yeah, so that's at the 11th minute, and then um, so we're up 1-0, and we're, we're confident, and we're like, okay, like like let, let's, but we know like okay, we have to we have to continue, we we have to keep we have to keep our foot in the gas, we have to push that our foot down on their neck, we have to we have to we have to smother their will to want to play well and, and play the soccer they want to play, um, and then we come out in the 25th minute, set piece, uh, corner kick, um, NYCFC ha- for a long time has had the the chant. Uh, we never score on a corner score because we, we're just re- typically historically we've been very dreadful on corner kicks. Um, even though Rob Artugian is our set piece special uh, set piece coordinator, um, we have not scored a lot. Like if you look at the percentage of corner kicks we've taken as a franchise, how many we've scored, it's probably below the league average. We we do not score a lot on on corner kicks. But um, I don't know what was going on with the defensive marking for Nashville, but Ledesma sends in a, a chef's kiss service. And it goes over whoever's jumped, and it falls to Chanel, who doesn't even have to jump, and he just side scissors it right past Joe Willis. Beautiful. <laughs> it's just an, eff- an effortless, effortless volley into yeah. the back of the net. Beautiful. Connect- John, what did you think of that second goal? Oh, I love that. I mean, just uh, 
I think I even tweeted out at the time, like, does Chanel looking like a striker, that perfect volley? Like, I did not expect, I didn't even know he had that in him, you know? Um, and yeah, just really poor defending from Nashville, which is shocking considering, um, I think the stat was they only gave up two goals yeah. all year before last night. And to yeah, have, and, like, and, uh, actually, yeah. Keaton's, Keaton's goal was the first time they've conceded in the first half. And then all of a sudden, like a few minutes later, bang, they get another one. Yeah. And, you know, just to, testament i think either to how well our guys were playing or just how poor they were that night but like it's i'll take it you know in a, in a game like this to get two goals uh that quickly i mean within the first 25 um it's pretty great you know you, you run with that so i so this is this was uh ledesma's first start for you know uh and uh, for nystfc uh during his tenure uh it'll, it'll only be until the end of the year but you know like like this is the first time we've seen him start and this was his first assist and I, I loved what I saw from Ledesma in this game. I actually like, uh, so we were in, uh, we were here hanging out in the in the Discord server uh, with Buckley and uh, a few others last night. And I was watching the game back, and I was trying to figure out like why Ledesma was just so effective last night. And I have to say, this is going to sound bold, especially considering that we have a huge fan here. Um, it was very Maxi-esque, the performance that he put in, because he was all over the pitch. Uh, because one thing people forget is that Ledesma is naturally an eight. Remember when we were talking about Keaton Parks? Like He's supposed to be technically the cover for Keaton Parks. I'd say his primary position, Ledesma. But his versatility and his nice and his good skill set and his wide, his wide range of skills that he brings to the table allows him to play in a multitude of positions, whether it's the six, the eight, the ten, or the wing. And we saw that last night from him him dropping in deep to receive balls from the center backs, him running full sprint, you know, like through defenders. He's a strong kid. Like he, he's got like, he's got a pace and a strength to him where he's not easy to get off the ball. Uh, and also just the way like he, he, he distributes horizontally, the way he links up with like the other midfielders, the way he was linking up with Keaton and Sand and, uh, and, you know, like, and just, and just searching for the ball. He was like a heat seeking missile. He was going to wherever the ball was. And just, you know, I, I wish that there was a pathway for us to keep him permanently because you look at him and you see, like, obviously he's, he's a bit bigger than he was, but he he he, he brings a Maxi-like presence to the pitch and a Maxi-like like pitch general type of, like, role to where he's just all over the place. He can serve in a variety of different roles and offer you tons of different, you know, like, tools in order to... Uh, find the goal. I, I love Santi Rodriguez, and I thought Santi Rodriguez put in a pretty good shift off the bench last night, uh, minus that little miss that he had. Uh, I thought he was like a nice little spark late in the game. However, um, well, Desmo looked really good in like those 70 minutes that he played. I was really impressed by him. I mean, yeah, it seems like he was on the team for years. I mean, like, he just kind of like knew everyone was going to be, had that high IQ with it. Like, I was blown away with how well he played in his first start. I mean, like, he's been here for, what, three weeks now about or so? Um, and just to yeah, seem no. like he's clicking so well with everybody else already is huge. I mean, if you could have both him and Santi on the pitch together in some way, I don't know, whatever that formation would look like, it'd be pretty pretty damn great. Uh, Joe doesn't seem to think that... Uh, he doesn't seem to have liked Santi's late performance as much as I did. No. Um, I think Santi's performance was particularly dreadful um, because... Dreadful? Yes, because he keeps doing quote-unquote Santi things. He likes to dribble. He gets caught in possession and seeds possession way too often. Um, there was a play in the game where he was carrying the ball forward and was surrounded by... 
he was like the only one going forward. I think it was, it was a counterattack. And he's carrying, and I realize he, that it's a 1v3 or whatever. It's not a high percentage thing. But he looks like panicked and doesn't have an idea of what to do. If you are gar if you are getting that fat ass paycheck, that fat ass DP paycheck every single fucking week, you need to have an idea. You need to be able to take on three people. You need to be able to do something to deserve the amount of money that is getting direct deposited into your bank account on a weekly fucking basis. We'll talk about this later when you calm down. <laughs> so, I'm, 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 yelling at the, I'm yelling at the game, do something. Do something that shows me that you're worthy of this stupid DP roster designation. And what does he do? He looks around, looks around, and then, and then gets tackled and loses the ball. Um, I think that's... Well, that, well, actually, no, I don't even want to bring that up. Because, like, the DP designation, that's a that's a, a episode in and of itself and a how fucking stupid I think that it is anyway to begin with. But, but anyway, uh, to go I, back to I, 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 I'll talk about Santi later because from, from where I was sitting, Santi was like doing a lot to like cause chaos. And like, there was like one point where he like received the ball and he was able to mega defender and he had a shot far post and it looked like it was in. And then it just <laughs> curls right past the post. But like, like there was a few opportunities like that where it looks like, he was about to like convert, like like he, he was dangerous. He looked dangerous. Now, uh, was his final product the best? No, but he did provide a decent spark. Because remember, like I was saying that, like we don't really have a lot of guys that can provide a spark off the bench. Now, I'd much rather one of those sparks off the bench not be a DP, uh, like because we're gonna need nine, we're gonna need Santi for ninety minute shifts at some point. Um, well, I mean for the most part this season, but <laughs> I didn't think it was necessarily for. It, you know, like, like, like an amount of the amount of like impact, like outside of a goal and outside of assist, I feel like the impact of subs is like a very hard thing to measure. And I thought that by like stretching the field and by creating some very dangerous opportunities for himself and even like some for the players around him, I remember he he gave Gabi a very, very good ball, and then Gabi just didn't know what to do with it. Gabi like kind of like rolled it like. It looks like he was trying to look for a far post like run from Jace, Jason, but it just wasn't there. And where, whereas I thought like from my angle, he should have just taken a, a pop. Like like there was there was a few moments where there like Santi actually could have been rewarded with uh, an actual stat for the game, whether it be an assist or a goal. But it was just it, it was a matter of inches each time and uh yeah but i mean overall though i don't want i don't want to like get too sidetracked on santi because overall i think i think the team performance was really good i even thought some of this i i even thought the nick cushing substitution patterns was much better this week i thought he made subs at the right time uh like didn't wait too long i thought putting alfredo in late later in the game to just kind of just silence like you know like what it ha is statistically a very underwhelming nashville attack I thought that was I thought that was a, a decent uh, move. I thought uh, uh, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have preferred a like for like change with Ledesma. I probably would have preferred Santi to come to come on and play with with Ledesma. I, I would have been interested in seeing that late in the game. But overall, I thought I thought everything. I thought we executed the game plan fairly well. I thought we did exactly what we set out to do in this game. Yeah. So. Um... So 25 minutes was the was so we're up 2-0 25 minutes in. At that point, I'm willing to say that most, if not all, of us are thinking this is going to be a route. Like we have two goals, 25 minutes into a match. Like, 
in reality, we needed we needed to get that third goal because what's what what's the saying that everyone's heard their entire life? What's the most dangerous lead in, in soccer? Two nil. Two nothing. Two nil is the most dangerous lead in soccer because they get if if the other team gets one goal back, all of a sudden now it's a game and they can come and steal a point from you. Or if they get enough momentum, they can come back and win three two. So I felt we needed to get that third goal. The third goal never came, and then. And then at around the 60th minute, so the rest of the first half was was I mean it was it was it was good. We we had some some momentum and we looked good. Um, going into halftime, I'm like, okay, like we need to come out in the second half and, and bury these guys and, and get out of here with a, a resounding victory. Um, second half did not go our, our, um, as well. Um, at 45th, uh, at halftime, uh, Nashville made a substitution to bring on Jacob Schaffelberg and take off Fafa Pico. Fafa Pico didn't really. Do much in the first half. He's a, he's a, he's kind of a pace merchant at this point. He's even a little bit older, so he's not as fast as he used to be. Um, and but Schaffelberg is their is their, their or was their leading goal scorer um, going into this game. So to see him come on as a sub, um, he he's he's scored against us in the first game. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so he's definitely a, a dangerous player in their attack. He may not. He, I mean, people might not have the highest opinion of him as an MLS, MLS player, but he, so far this season he's proven to be dangerous. Um, so they have a lot of former Red Bull players on their team. Yeah, and it pisses me off. That Sean Davis, Dax McCarty, uh, who, Alex Mule, Alex Mule. Yeah, they, they're like they're like the Red Bulls, and they're all like mid, like former Red Bull players. Like they're like the the mid tier, like 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 the, the the annoying tier. Yeah. Um. So then, so uh, Schaffberg comes on, and, and he Schaffberg was active in, in the second half uh, for Nashville, um, and then sixty one. So I I do agree with, I agree with the timing of the substitutions by Nick by uh, by Nick Cushing. But I don't necessarily agree with the with the uh, players that he decided to to bring on. Um, I, Ledesma, I, I thought, I mean, granted, sixty minutes. He's been with us for three weeks. He's had two cam, uh, two cameos, I believe. Has he had two? Cameos? He also hasn't really been playing for PSV either, so he's still probably not. Oh. He's still probably not like ninety minutes sharp, so ninety minutes fit. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up because you you had talked about. So yeah, like obviously, I, I I hadn't heard anything about him being able to play an eight, but I I, I definitely he is a, a true. He's a ten. Um, may, I guess he, maybe he could play the eight. But, I mean, we talked about in one of the pods, the reason why PSV was – he's not a winger by trade. The reason why he was playing the wing for PSV is because he he's so small and he, and kind of like a man made of glass um, with all these injury he, injuries he, keep pick, he keeps picking up over the course of his young career that they moved him out to the wing to get him out of the hustle and bustle of the middle of the field and constantly getting hacked down with fouls and, and challenges. They moved him out to the wing to kind of – Hopefully, get make him stay healthy and not be not be in as many harsh challenges to keep getting injured. But then, lo and behold, he gets he tears his his knee up playing winger. So, so I rem- I think it was his first interview with the club. I think he basically said that his preferred spots on the pitch are anywhere in the spine of the midfield, whether it be the six, the eight, or the ten. And so you have that kind of versatility can go a long way because we've always talked about where's our depth in like at the eight. If, if Keaton Parks goes down, what the fuck do we do? Because I mean, like even though you have Alfredo Morales who's sitting there on the bench, you don't really want to put him on the pitch with, with Sands because they're both very defensive players, and neither neither one of them really offers a lot moving forward and moving into the attack. Like like I, I like both Sands and Alfredo. Um, you know, Alfredo hasn't been having as good of a season this year, but uh, historically you have to respect his body of work. Since he arrived to the to the club, it's a it's a good body of work, but he doesn't offer much offensively. He's only got one goal for the team, and that was in Conca- not even in league play. It was in Concacaf Champions League against one of the booty teams that we faced there in like the opening rounds. Uh, and Sands, outside of a penalty kick in League's Cup, has never 
he, he's not going to give you anything like really he's not really going to offer you anything he also doesn't even like go up for corner kicks even though he's a taller kid he, he protects against the counter uh but having Ledesma like I, I really feel like opens this up for a lot of things because honestly you know even though I love Keaton Parks and even though you know if he's healthy Keaton Parks is the is the preferred player uh I you know like at some point you know like like Keaton Parks Keaton Parks is is a you know we, we are worried about his health because he has been he has missed the, a lot the, of games the, today. the, the, the blood clot history is is not the like blood clot like, history yeah, yeah, it's just like, like he's missed a lot of games due to injury, like for us in the last several seasons. And I would definitely, like, and you know, I hope that he stays healthy, like, and like forever. But at the same time, I would like to see to. I would like to see like a night where Santi plays a ten with Desma at the eight and Sands at the six. I think that would be a pretty exciting, uh, you know, like a pretty exciting midfield. Personally, um, I think I think you can you can get a lot out of that. Um, but yeah, uh, but outside of that, yeah, all you got behind behind those the, 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 that 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 uh, selection of players is Hack and Morales. And, I was uh, I was surprised that Santi was on the bench, uh, sat on the bench because apparently he had uh, an injury. So it came out, that yeah, he had a no- an unreported knock because that's status quo. Modus operandi for NYCFC front office because we because uh, we don't like uh, listing injuries and uh, apparently Kevin O2 has an injury. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, but it should, be, the, it should be it should be it should be against the the rules of MLS to not disclose injuries. Injuries should like, it's it's every, I think every I think, sport, it, I think it's just listed as lower injuries. body, right? It's just listed as lower body for O'Toole, right? Well, yeah, but they're never gonna they're never gonna give you an exact like body part. I, I think an, an exact specific injury would violate HIPAA. The only way for that to get out is if the player like actually like confirms it themselves. I don't think you can. I don't think you legally can say exactly what the injury is. Yeah, so I mean, they they, they kept him out of the uh, starting lineup because of a lower body injury that he picked up, I guess, last match. Um, and then he hasn't been in the 18th since last week. Who's that? O'Toole. Oh no, I was talking about Santi. Uh, but but yeah. Oh yeah, so Santi. O'Toole, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing O'Toole either picked up the injury in training or uh, or at the, um, he played in the last match, didn't he? Who? O'Toole. No, I don't think he it did. wasn't even on the 18. One, one of the games recently. Was, uh, one of the games recently, he came in as a sub for left back. Not last week. No, it was in Houston, I think. Okay. Um. I think I think it's the second straight week that he's been out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, overall, I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed with the body of work that Richie Ledesma gave us through 61 minutes. Um, His ability to get on the ball and drive forward in a positive direction at the space that the defense was providing him was of the utmost importance to the potency of our attack yesterday. A lot of our most dangerous attacks came from him receiving the ball on the edge of the middle third and the and the attacking third and driving forward and either spraying balls or dribbling in the way that Santi wants to dribble, but dribbling successfully and not getting the not seeding possession. Um, and it, even I was impressed with the the one shot that Ledesma had was even a nice shot. He tried he tried uh, beating Joe Willis near post and almost almost did it. He almost snuck that ball in your post. Uh, uh, Joe Willis had to make a really nice it was, save. Yeah, it was a bit. Of, it was a bit of an awkward kind of 
dive for Joe Willis because it was in the near post. It had a lot of pace and it power did. on that. Yeah, I was really mm-hmm. impressed with Ledesma at the 10. I think I want to see more of him at the 10 for longs. Um, I think the reason why, I mean, most of the time when he was coming on as a sub, he was getting deployed as a winger and then like, as a winger. And then sometimes he'd come in centrally and then Santi playing the, the nine while he's playing the 10. It's just, it's too much fucking tinkering it's just like play the players where they play the best and some and ledesma wants to be a 10 and he showed today or yesterday that he can do a job at the 10 um i want to see more of it i want to see a lot more of it i was very now 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 the, now the question is going forward is um who who, who do we bench to, to see if you want to put santi and ledesma in the system because i think it could work you but can. who do you bench well, the answer is you can't so, the only put the only the only way they could do that like oh. joe i can't see it's blurred so if you, I've, I've been over here trying to figure. There's, there's physically no good way to have like, because obviously we have four attackers. We have a ten, two wingers, and a striker. And there's no, someone's going to be left out. Someone has to come off the bench. Is it GP? The only way they can eat. The only way, in my opinion, that they can get Ledesma and Santi on the pitch at the same time is if you play Santi at the nine. That's the only way that you can like reasonably do that. If you don't want to lose Gabby Pereira and you don't want to lose Talisman. I know, yeah, and, or if or if we don't want to move Talis Magno back to the striker, yeah, I would I would, I would also like They're to not. add in there that Pellegrini is never playing again. No, he is going to play again. You know, he has. He'll play again, but I feel like he. I I don't think he should start at all. I, I, I so feel either, like, he, but he probably will. I think it is Nick Cushing. He he interrupts the entire attacking, like the the entire like attacking state of this of of this club. Uh, I kind of I, I, I kind of don't want to see him again. Tear up. Here, I got I got a question for John, our guest, uh, and, and I want to ask pose it to all of you guys because because I'm I'm interested in hearing it because obviously he's done nothing of note, but has Gabe Siegel, John, has he made the team around him better, even if he himself isn't necessarily performing like to like a crazy or even like a necessarily good standard uh, individually? I would say. Like to bring about like your point earlier, I would say yes because he opens up that space. I I love Tyus as a player. I think he's incredible, one of the best players in the league when he's in position. Him at the nine just isn't it. I think we're trying to like emulate what we did with Tati years ago when um we tried putting him at the nine and for a while it didn't work, but then it clicked. Uh I think he's good enough until we get someone in. It gives me a lot of like again the same vibes of that 2019 season where we're just kind of like getting his getting draws, getting what we can out of it uh, until we get like an Eber or an actual striker in that couldn't fully make us click. So for the time being, I would say he's good enough to open that space. He's good enough to let other players come in and, and convert because he had an opportunity even yesterday. Like honestly, an opportunity he should have put home. It was. I think around like the 30th minute or something at some yeah, point in the was, first it was, half. It was on a counter. I think it was on a counter attack and like, uh, but doesn't with the fantastic cutback. I think mm-hmm. he, I think even Meg's, uh, I think it was Shaq Moore. It, it was free at the edge of the box. Yeah, he was free at the edge of the box. It was a sweaty G- FIFA. Gabe Seagal takes a touch and then he uh, has a shot, but uh, the Joe Willis read it all the way. I mean, if he puts yeah. more pace and power on that, I, I think, I think of, I think a veteran like Tati or somebody else scores that. Yeah, makes it three absolutely. nil. And it was one of those away. sweaty FIFA crosses where you, you drive to the goal line and you play a hard ball back to the t- penalty spot. He found himself by himself, n- no one within five yards of him. He hit it with his strong foot, and he just. Oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, if, if that's Mbappe or like whatever, <laughs> yeah. like or nine, like uh, in FIFA, like that. That that's a goal. Like yeah. m- might as well just rage quit. 
Yeah. All right. So, um, 61, uh, Santi comes on, Ledesma goes off. 64 is when, uh, Christian, you had mentioned it earlier. Um, someone plays the ball out to Santi on the right side. He, uh, he megs, uh, the defender and then kind of takes a shot with his I think, right. I think it was Dax. I think it was Dax. Uh, actually, no. Oh, no. That was later in the game. All right. Never mind. So he, me- he megged the defender and then takes a shot with his right foot and it kind of goes. Um, it goes pretty wide of the post. Um, it was actually from a. It was probably from a similar angle um, to the goal that that uh, that Santi scored against DC. Um, it was from similar area, similar angle um, of of the goal he scored at DC, and it just kind of with it being a right footed shot and cur- it was curling away from the goal, and it wasn't placed well enough to uh, to go in. Um, but that's a moment right there where if if we score there. Uh, that's three. That's three nil, and like the, the game is effectively over. That that puts a nail in the coffin, and, and no no worry. We, we, we wasted so many chances to get that third goal. Mm-hmm. Um, right after yeah, there's so many opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Right after that goal um, is when uh, Teal Burnberry comes on for uh, CJ Sapong, which is a like for like um, for them. Waft. Uh, they're, they're waft and waft. They're yeah, they're both old strikers, um, but they they have MLS pedigree and they're better than Gabe Segal. So um, did either of them score I think, I think in that game? What? No. Did either of them score? Did either either of them even threaten goal all game? I don't. I, I remember Teal Bunbury so. coming on. I don't. I, and I remember forgetting all about him. And I remember seeing CJ Sapong and saying that guy looks like CJ Sapong. I wonder if that's CJ Sapong. He certainly doesn't fucking play like he used to. I, I don't know. They're, like, all, they're all over. I, th- I think. I think they also said. Um, yeah. They also and, said Bunbury yeah, won the 2013 uh, MLS yeah, so Cup or something. Yeah. All I'm saying is let's chill on saying that they're obvious upgrades over anyone else that we have because they, they were fucking invisible last night, both of them. Like I couldn't. I don't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. The only reason why I remembered Sapong was because they were attacking to our side. Every single time he was on the ball, he gets dispossessed. He loses it or has to like pass it backwards. Like he like like neither him or Bunbury should be playing professional football at any like anymore like like at least not for nashville i don't know like, like they just they 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 look like shells of themselves i'd rather have daniel bedoya <laughs> ill 68 um jason comes on for seagal uh this was this was the sub that i thought was uh was questionable to make um just because uh we know what we're getting from Jason, uh, and we know what we and we know what tactics Nick Cushing is deploying when he brings on uh, Jason. Um, he wants to uh, Jason to get fouled because um, that's what Jason does. He get he gets fouled. To be fair, to be fair, I thought there was so on that quick free kick, that quick restart that we took. Jason was brought down in that box, and that free kick should have st- should have stood because. It was it was it was all it was to the rules. We we stopped the ball from moving. We we, we took like a, a kick from like a solid spot from the spot of the foul, and we delivered it into the box. And uh, and and Jason was fucking uplifted on the play. And honestly, it should have stood. But Alan Chapman, for some reason, one reason or another, decided to you know blow it back and say no. You have to retake retake the kick. I don't understand why. I thought it was of. I thought it was a fair restart and everything. Like I even watched it back on the uh, broadcast. looked looked good to me. Uh, I actually don't think Jason played particularly bad. I thought he came in and did exactly what he had had to do. He was like a little well, spark plug. Do you want to know got, what he did bad? Got a lot of energy. Do you want to know what he did bad? His, what, what did he do bad? 
he is a, he's like the energizer bunny like he's he's his purpose is to go out there run around hard as hell get stuck into whatever challenges he can make it look like he gets yeah. fouled all right the mistake that he made was in the 76th minute in the 76th minute he gets a stupid fucking yellow card for going to a challenge he had no right winning okay and then that makes it now so he's on the field for the rest of the game so 76 we have 15 minutes to 90 and then there was like five minutes of stoppage time so that's 20 minutes of play where now, because, I, because he's on a yellow, he can't do what Jason does. He can't go and try to get stuck in. He can't play with the energy bunny. He can't even attempt to even potentially do anything defensively because he's now on a yellow. I don't know. From where I was sitting, I don't. I don't really think that that yellow like really like impeded his like like, like the way he plays like I, really I, at I all. I would like to say that this fuck this ref was fucking horrible. This any any single little touch that our our attackers had on the defenders was a foul. It, it, it was fucking horrible. I, I genuinely thought they were going to add ten minutes to the to the end of the game because they because they wanted them to score so bad. Like if, we just like we just never got anything in our favor. I feel from the, from the referee. I, I just, it just always feels that way. Every single little touch on our opposition defender, it, it's a fucking foul against us. I, 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 once again, like, like, I don't want to get too caught up in the weeds with fucking Alan Chapman because we, we are we should know what we're getting with refereeing in this league. We, we shouldn't act fucking surprised anymore. It, it, it is what it is. It, it's of the quality. It, yeah, it, yeah. The, quality yeah, the, refs are always out the, the refs are always out against us. All right, all right. You can't say that when just two weeks ago we had probably one of the most hilarious fucking VAR overturns ever in the history of VAR. Yeah, which, was, yeah, which was the one time go, this go season our that's going to go in favor. Okay. It's, gonna, it's the one time this season. Okay, okay. Davi, I've said this to you before. Why apply malice where incompetence will do? It's not malice. It's just incompetence. And we happen to be on the Because they don't want to see an MLS Cup final at Yankee Stadium uh, or City right. Field. Davi, <laughs> Davi, Davi I, I did a deep dive on Alan Chapman. We, we, have a, we now have a winning record. We, we, we had a, a 500 record with, with Alan Chapman being a referee. Eight wins, three draws, seven losses. Now we're nine wins, three draws, seven losses. Like, it's... <laughs> No, it's it's not it's not the referee was not a problem. I I listen. I, did I see some calls that I thought should have been called? Like like the free kick, I thought was like pretty bad because Jason gets gets like just absolutely taken out in the box, but he calls back the free kick because he's I, I don't the I don't know why. Got ball on that, you know that right? Like he slid and got ball, and Jason didn't touch the ball. It goes through Jason's right ankle. Yeah, but to do it. I was right there. Jason jumped. Yeah, he jumped. He was selling it, but he for sure went goes through Jason to get that ball. One hundred percent. He made that contact. Should, that should have been a penalty. It, it was. It was absolutely a penalty. Like you can watch that back, and it's definitely a penalty. He gets the ball after he goes through Jason's yeah. ankle. Yeah. Okay. Listen. If you win the ball, you the thing is you can't go through the player in order to win the ball. Like you can't. You can't like you know clatter the dude's ankle like 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 like, like and, and like send it to the left and then get the ball and then say, oh, I got the ball. It's not, you don't it's not think a foul. the referees like, in this league have figured out what Jason Stick is yet? I I mean, to be completely honest, no, because he doesn't really do what he was supposed to do for us. I mean, he draws some fouls in the middle of the park. When's the last time he drew a penalty or something like that? Like, well, when's the last not, time he actually made it? He's not on a... long enough to draw a penalty. He only comes on for, like, 15-minute yeah. cameos. No, yeah, exactly. I think I, the, I, the, I, la the last time he won a penalty was 2021 in Cincinnati. Like, there, there's... There, there's obviously like, like I mean, there's players like Tati who are known for being like, like ninety minute players who are known for being agitators and knowing for you know making meals of fouls and everything like that. I don't think J Andres Jason has the pedigree or like the body of work to really have any kind of point of emphasis placed on him at all with pro. Like personally, like, like, like I mean, like if you weren't a, if you weren't a supporter of NYCFC, would you know who the fuck Andres Jason is? 
Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely like, like, not. Like, like, I don't think he, I don't, so no, I don't think that, I don't think Ed Bro is like setting up, like, like, I don't think they have like, like these like huge meetings like, like before like NYCFC games. It's like, okay, by the way, this guy, this guy is going to like, like be trying to draw, like, they're probably like, oh yeah, this fucking faceless, you know, homegrown. Uh, you know, like if you if you if you honestly think that when a pro referee gets gets assigned to a team that they don't do any type of of, of research on the uh, opponents that they're that they're uh, refereeing the game for, then uh, then you're. A... I know they do. They they definitely do research, but like it, to place a point of emphasis, like this kid, this guy, that's like that's got he like like he just doesn't have the like I said, he doesn't like, have like the the body of work in order to like even like really justify but that but even announcers, we, we, announcers talk about andres jason is the most fouled player per 90 minutes and i'm like they, like it's well known it's not like a secret yes, because he because he gets fouled yeah. it's not like he's like out, no it's, it's not, not that like he gets out. fouled he sells fouls that's what that's like i, I have never seen an andres jason foul like and this might sound crazy to you i've never seen a jason foul where i'm like oh that was an obvious flop he gets fouled i watched one last night what in the defensive third? He stepped in front of the ball and then gets rammed in from behind. He flails and falls on his face on, on the ball. Like yeah, it's, just... it's still a foul. Yeah, but it's, it, still a foul. it's a foul. But it's a it's, it's, not a, it's a foul because it's he's foul. selling it. He wasn't he yeah. wasn't contacted hard enough to send him flailing forward to fall on the ball. He's selling it's that. Still a foul. <laughs> it's still a foul. It's still a foul. It, it's, it's a foul it's because a foul, he's making a it a foul. He could have just stayed on his fucking feet no. and playing the ball. <laughs> It's a foul either way, but the thing is, he's going to make a meal of it so that it gets called a foul. I'm sorry. I, I think staying on your feet is a fucking is fucking overrated as fuck. I have seen so many times where players have tried to maintain the integrity of the game by staying on their feet and not getting a foul call that could have changed the game in their favor. You know how many times I've seen a player not go down in the box and then try to take a shot, uh, like, like, like whereas they can get a penalty and try to take a shot and then fucking muff it and it. I'm sorry. That is fucking inexcusable. If you feel contact, you should go to ground. 100%. It's just like the NBA. You know how many fouls in the NBA like are like kind of small, but they're made but they're made fouls because the guy like does that like like, like little like hesit hesitation before they get the ball off. Like I'm sorry. If you get touched, it's a foul. Like, like I mean, if, not if you get touched, but like you know what I mean. Like like, like if there, there's a certain threshold of of which in which a foul has occurred, but even within that threshold, it goes unnoticed sometimes because some players get up their own ass like, I am a good guy. I'm not going to go to ground. <laughs> and I don't, I don't care about that. I don't want to see that. It's professional football. If you don't want a foul call, don't lunge into a fucking tackle that you have no business lunging into. And honestly, had... And also, the, the the penalty shout is a moot point anyway because the, the, the free kick was called back. So technically, according to... According to the actual statistics of the game, that play never happened. So I did think it was a foul, though. Uh, I I do think he goes through his ankle to win the ball, and I do, and I don't think VAR would have overturned it or anything like that uh, had it been called on the pitch. I, I don't like. I mean, I didn't get like. I, I only saw it in real time. They didn't like really like. Uh, they didn't really put a point of emphasis on it too much. It did look like a penalty though, and I was right there. But no, like, like, yeah, no, he, you should be going the ground when he gets fouled. That's, that's my point. Uh, does anybody disagree? No. That's how you get fouled. I don't think no. so. Like, like people like give Neymar like issues. You know how many times a Neymar has I'm going to go on record saying that Neymar is a bitch. 
Okay, do you know how many games? I agree. Neymar, do you know how many games Neymar has won for his team by drawing fouls in dangerous positions and getting free kicks and getting well? Penalties? It's it, it's it's in the farmers' league, so who gives a fuck, really? I, 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 you're a Barcelona fan, you fucking maggot. What the fuck are you talking about? You, it's best years were with you. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I know. And he fumbled the bag when he La Liga, asked to leave. La Liga in 2015 was a farmers' league. Are you fucking high? No, I'm talking. No, I'm talking about like right now, like in his in his career, like right now he's. Well, he, right now he's collecting the bag. What else does he have to do? He's won everything that he needs to win. Except for a World Un- Cup. That's the only underwhelming, thing underwhelming career. Should, no, should have never left Barca. Not at no, all. No, yeah, no, he's yeah. Got, no. He's got elite splits no matter oh where. God, man, this guy, are, man. Are, are, are you on crack? Neymar had, under, Neymar has an, had an underwhelming career. Are you on crack? Are you yes. actually on Neymar's right legacy no. is him no. diving and rolling around all over the field when he gets touched. No, no. Name, yeah, to a fucking dumbass fucking Englishman. Yeah, sure. But his, his actual his actual legacy is winning games, scoring goals, getting assists, and being one of the, the world's best players of his generation. If you don't if you don't acknowledge Neymar as as a great of this game, then you're then I'm sorry, I can't take you seriously. His 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 numbers speak for them fucking selves. All he does I, is I, I, win. I don't all he I don't does think... is win. All he does is win, perform, and produce. At yeah, every yeah, level, yeah, at yeah, every yeah, team he's ever league been. In League Un, when they play fucking postman every fucking weekend. Champions League with Barcelona. Are you stupid? Are you crazy? He was part of the most Weird trident of attacking players the game has yeah. ever seen. Yeah, yeah, Luis but yeah, before he... Lionel Messi and Neymar. Yeah, but, yeah but... they made jokes before before he before he fumbled the bag and fucked his career by fucking up the PSG. Three, those three little rodents ran through Europe in a way that nobody has seen since the Black Plague. Are you crazy? Are I'm you not. Nuts? No. No, he no. At that point, he had potential, and he was actually fulfilling it. But then he, he fumbled the bag he, when he, he asked to leave. He was already fulfilled his potential. He was winning no, he, the no, game. He didn't. He, no, he had, he had more the... in him. He had more oh in him. He had more God. in him. He had more in him. What? What is? Yes, this? he did. Are yes, we, he did. Are you his? Yes, are you his therapist? <laughs> he would have. For those of you guys oh keeping track at home, we found a way to digress <laughs> from NYCFC versus Nashville to, to arguing about Neymar <laughs> and Brazil. Are you his? No, but like, like he had more in him. Who gives a fuck? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Who yes, he fucking did. The, per- the percentage, if, if, if he had more in him, then the rest of the game should be embarrassed because his, like, half effort was better than 95% of all players' full 100% effort. So so if that was only him taking it easy, the rest of the world of football should be embarrassed. They should be embarrassed. Because they'll never accomplish half of what that kid accomplished at, like, what you say, he had more in him. Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> what he gave was enough, more than enough. No, he was elite. It, it was he good, was but it elite. wasn't enough. He was elite. He was he was elite. Not anymore. Also, if you want to talk about, he fucked off to League Un. What does that say about Kylian Mbappe, who, in my opinion, is easily the best player in the world right now? Yeah, but yeah, but he can't do it. He can't do it when it matters. No, 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 Back to he's bringing up Lee Goon as a point, and like I'm like, okay, then you got to erase Mbappe if Lee Goon is like a fucking you, man. He's trying to get you fired. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> dude, <laughs> fucking dude, I swear to God, if you are a fan of Barcelona or Real Madrid, like you are a fucking bit. Like it's just it it's it, it, it just it, it's fucking it built into your system. Like the fucking two worst franchises in fucking football. Like as far as fan bases are concerned, next to only Man United, you guys are the Dallas Cowboys, and you guys don't even realize it. 
So going no, back not. to the 81st minute of <laughs> we're too, we're too broke to be the Cowboys. <laughs> 81st minute, uh, Daniel Lovitz crosses a ball in, deflects off of Tavon Gray's hand, I believe. I don't know. Um, and it falls to reigning MLS MVP, Hani Mutar, just at the top of the penalty area of, of the penalty stripe. Um, and he laces a ball uh, near post side netting through a bunch of defenders. Luis Barraza uh, is unable to even make even a quarter of an attempt to even attempt to uh, dive and, and block it. And then the game gets dropped on its head in, uh, and is now 2-1. Um, it's a little bit of a sucker punch to uh, to NYCFC, who, uh, to all those watching, uh, had probably been dominating uh, the match in terms of run of play and quality chances created. Um, we had, up until then, we had kept Hani Mutar at bay and kind of uh, locked up a little bit. Um, but good players pop up in random spots and, and find a way to, uh, to, to get their team back, uh, back going again in the 81st minute. Um, and then shortly after that, in the 83rd, we see Talis Magno uh, come off and Alfredo Morales come on to try to shore up defensively to walk out of there with three points. Um, and I feel like we navigated the last little bit of the game pretty well. Uh, there wasn't too many dangerous opportunities. Um, I will um, I will give uh, uh, players their due. Um, Luis Barraza had a uh, had a pretty decent night. Five saves. Um, most of the saves were pretty big. Um, the only my only uh, my only um, qualm with, with his performance is uh, uh, is just just in generally the uh, the directionality of the rebounds that he allows um, are not in fantastic places. Um, as you can see, the, the one goal that was ruled offsides, which was correctly ruled offsides, I went back and watched it, and obviously it was ruled by VAR. Um, the, the goal by Shaq Moore was um, uh, was a, a, an example of uh, Barraza not being fantastic in terms of where the places that he's allowing for rebounds. Um, but when called upon, Barraza did what a goalkeeper is supposed to do, and he, and he stopped shots, which is what, which is definitely what we need. Um, how, what did you guys? I mean, also just here's some more stats: thirty-four of forty-seven passing, um, and five five of seventeen long balls. Um, uh, so he, he hit a lot of long balls uh, yesterday, you know, and did not connect on a lot of them. But, uh, but what did you guys think of overall of uh, Barraza's performance in that? John, you first. Start with John. Yeah, I mean, I think he was fine. Um, like, I don't love Barraza. I don't hate him. I think he's a perfectly fine goalkeeper. He had a great night last night. I think with a couple of yeah, really big stops, some some dangerous things. But like you said, he does put balls in the dangerous positions, which kind of scares me a bit. And like I, I think just as time goes on, he'll start to develop a bit more and start to become like you know a a much better keeper. I mean, um, but I don't I don't hate it. Like I'm not calling for him to be out yet. Uh, I don't know how Freeze is doing. I haven't watched much NYCFC two to see if he's like a top tier keeper there or not. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, fine too this week. He didn't even play for NYCFC too. Oh, did not? Oh, there you no, go. No. Because they they had an away game and we were home uh, in in city. Oh, they played okay. they, they played on Friday yeah. Friday night up in up in Toronto, so he wasn't going to go there. He was going to be on our bench. So right, right. This, so with Barraza, so I think he looks fine. There was a, there were certain times where I so I I will acknowledge one improvement in his game that I do think was pretty apparent last night he's gotten much better at coming off of his line and committing to the play as opposed to like just like saying getting like caught up in no man's land and just saying okay what do I do now do I still commit or do I just like stay here and try to make myself big uh there was a few times where he came off the line especially late in the game to like collect balls that were uh, uh I, I think actually like in like the second like in both halves actually like like towards like the end of each half like there were times where he was called upon to like go out and run off the line and grab something that he actually did well. 
and obviously he stopped pretty much all like most of the shots all except one that came towards him um one part of his game that still frustrates me and it's like during corners or crosses he just refuses to catch those he parries them but he doesn't parry them into like he doesn't like punch them out like in like you know like into like the you know into valhalla and you know and like force the team to reset he he punches them like down and like 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 where like they're still in a still in a danger area and if one player is like well placed and placed enough they can easily fire off the nice like, there was there was one corner in the first half where the ball came in instead of catching it, he just punched it down to the ground for some reason yeah, yeah that, that's like one part of his game that's like really like really frustrating to me now uh, he now i will say this he does seem to be getting better progressively uh, uh well at least over the last two weeks i remember uh the game before atlanta uh uh the houston game he really frustrated me to no end and i was like really over him and I, like, new wanted, england new england as well yeah like, i wanted to see him gone and but these last two games he's like really stepped up and started to develop well uh he did once again come out with an come up with an injury uh it was a shoulder injury and it was actually taped up in the second half he was he, he sustained it in the first half the trainer had to come on um so he does seem to like be like see the thing is i can't i can't tell if that's just I mean, maybe these maybe these two things are one and the same. I can't tell if that's like a toughness about him, or if he knows that if he drop like if he comes out of a game for any reason whatsoever due to an injury and Freeze comes in and delivers, he might never see the pitch again, or at least until like a cup game. So like I, he obviously knows that he's, you know, what like, like he obviously knows that. I mean, I I don't think there's actually a competition, but he he knows that like there's somebody that's ready to take his place. And somebody at the club has a lot of money tied tied up in at the same time. You know, like like we've, we've mentioned it before, this club paid $600,000 for Matt Reese. It's a very expensive NYCFC2 goalkeeper, if you ask me. Um, but for, for the most part, I can't really fault him. The, the Hani Mukhtar finish was perfect. Like, 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 like you got to give... Perfectly into the corner, no uh, keeper saving that. Yeah, you got to give yeah. Mukhtar credit for that finish. It's got pace, it's low, it's low, it's hard and low exactly how you want a, a shot from that distance to be um it, it, any keeper is going to have an extremely difficult time at, at bare minimum with that so he saved everything that he should have everything that he should have been expected to save so a good performance from Barraza overall i can't really fault him for anything but there's certain part like you said joe like like when he parries balls they don't seem to really go away like that you you're typically going to have to rely on either martins or chino to like clean up the garbage in front of the, in front of the uh in front of the net afterwards yeah but, and eventually uh, oh. eventually it could lead to like rebound goals kind of like what Shaq Moore would have scored if he was like a few inches further to the right on side it was uh also like Alex like, there was like two other players Alex Mule he actually got like a little touch onto the ball even though he tried to like get away yeah there, there was away like from three it. there was like three offside yeah and, and, and plus even even if he didn't touch the ball like he was still like in the way of uh, yeah, Barraza's fight that, so the that, goal the goal would have came off either way yeah, that was an obvious like what? denying like a goal score. He was like he was literally like standing right in front of him, like off like in an, in a in an offside position, like like it, it was that like that was an actual instance of like in that moment, like Alex Muil, yeah, no, Alex, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm talking about when Shaq Moore scored. Yeah, no, no, the same play. Yeah, like, yeah, you look at the shot. Shaq Moore scored out. from the baseline. Mm-hmm. There was nobody in front of Barraza. No, that, that, no, on the first shot that Barraza saves. 
Alex Wheel is standing right in front of him. The ball actually goes through his legs. I think he actually gets a touch on it, and he is standing in an obvious like offside position, like like that like like that is uh, he he was obviously like, uh, you know, in his like line of sight. Like it, like yeah, not off- only that, the, it's Shaq Moore and like some other player was offside as well. There were like there was three natural players offside on that play, so that goal would have that goal was coming back either way. It was a pick your poison like offside. If you watch it again, like Muil actually, I think he even gets like a touch on it, and he's standing. Yeah, he, he tried to get out of the way. He got like a little touch. Are you watching the play? I'm trying. I don't know what minute it was in. I think it was like no. uh, around. It's in, the, it's in the highlight package. You can actually like see it just in the highlights. Wasn't it in the first half? Second, second half. You sure it was second half? Yeah, second half. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was like a few minutes before Mukhtar scored. Yeah, so Mule Mule's not in the way. He is offsides, but he like he is not. He's not in the way. I don't think that would have been brought. I would say he was, was way, but he, but he still he still made he still made an attempt to play the ball. No, he did not. He jumped over the ball. He's not making an attempt to play the ball. Well, if he's jumping over he's the ball in an offside position, he, that, yeah, that that yeah that, yeah hey yeah, he's still intentionally trying to make yeah, a play there. Yeah, yeah, that that is a play. Dummying so the ball and, and nice, acting as it's a nice save by Barraza, but there's two guys that are. I mean, they're both offsides, but not offsides by much because Tiago Martins is the furthest player back. It, it, no, it, still, it, it, or, organized organized defense even offside. So, even if even if Shaq Moore is a few inches behind, they're still calling that goal back for offside because Muil is is it, uh, dummying the ball is making a play on the ball in an offside position that is making a play on the ball. That 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 goal's coming back either way. I mean, you're, it's a good you're, save. You're leaving, yes, it, like you're leaving it in the hands of VAR and the official. That's the Joe. That that's like that's kind of like obvious. But like, playing like the, the ball is touching like, it. D- dumbing it is just letting it the ball do what it oh, was doing already. Oh my god, this guy, man, oh, another one no, of these no. fucking shit takes, man. Uh, Holy but, fuck! Wait, hold up, time out, time out. The, the, making a dummy is a play on the ball. Dumbing is standing still. <laughs> Oh, no, Joe, it's a, it's an it, it's an off it's an offside play. Like I promise you, any any VAR anybody worth their salt is calling that for offside. That's Joe, actually is Joe is the goal offside. I actually think that's actually what the referee. I actually think that's what the the referee called. I don't even think he was calling Shaq Moore offside because Shaq Moore was only marginally offside. Like like to the point where it would be very, very either, either way, either either one of the three players was offside. That goal is being called back. I promise you. I promise you. Alex Muil would be would be ruled as an obstruction in that play at the bare minimum, and yeah, that that's that's an easy call, right there. I I, I promise you. It, it, it's not even like really that controversial. It, sh- it shouldn't even be debated. It's just a fact. What's a fact, Dobby? That the goal was offside. It shouldn't <laughs> even be debated. <laughs> oh I, yes. Listen, Davi and I fight too much. I want to. I want to hear some Joe and I want. I want to see what those punches look like between Joe and Davi. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because you talk too much. And you talk over me, and you you like to interrupt me whenever I speak. But that's fine. I like I, to interrupt oh, you. All right, yes. hold on. Time out. Time out. Let, let's go to top five, bottom five. Top five, bottom five. So I looked up who scored in Fot Mob, and actually, Fot Mob and who scored are not on the same page when it comes to rankings. Um, ratings because because for... player ratings are very subjective. I know, and... but I can't believe what? how different they are. Like it's crazy. So they got um, top five, top, uh, the best ranked player at the game, Maxime Chino. Oh, uh, both both on both uh, data- databases. Top, uh... I'm, I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm actually not surprised by that because Chino had a very 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 good game. Eight five. Chino had a very good game. Eight, yeah, vintage Chino. 
8.5 rating. Goal, obviously, the goal contributed to a, a very high rating for him. Um, 8.5 rating, both on who scored wait, it and FOTMOB. Wait, time, time out. Can I, can, I, can I make a prediction of who I think the top five on FOTMOB is going to be? Uh, sure. So I think, well, obviously you already said Chino at the top. So like, let's just eliminate that one. I think Ledesma is easily going to be, be on there. Keaton Parks will probably find a way in there. I'm going to say Ilinich is in there. And Barraza. That's the, who I think the top five on FOTMOB is. You would be 100% correct. Yes. I'm probably not in that order. In that order? Uh, well, Chino is at the top with 8.5. Um, on yep. on FOTMOB, Parks is number two with an 8.2. Um, hmm. uh, but on who scored, he only got a 7.6. Uh, Le- Ledesma is number three on FOTMOB with an 8.1. On who scored, he's an 8.0. Okay. Barraza on FOTMOB is a 7.9. On who scored, he's a 7.4. Okay. And then Elenich is a 7.7 on FOTMOB and a 7.2 on who scored. Okay. So, I'm also going to say, well, well, who do we think the bottom five is? John, who do you think the bottom five is? Oh, God. I would... I feel like... Hey, wait, wait, wait. Be- before, before we get... Here, give us a little hint. Is there a substitution on there, Joe? Is there yeah. a substitute that's listed on the bottom five? Well, so I, I didn't take substitutes into account for the... Uh, because uh, only two out of the three of them even receive ratings. Um, but like their their little cameos aren't long enough to to give a, a justification of their of their scores, so I only do uh, starters. Okay, okay. So yeah, John, uh, who yeah, are the I, starters do you think is bottom five? For like our squad, I mean, like I guess Kufre didn't do much. He was pretty quiet all night. Uh, God, who else would be? This is Christian. Are you going to Kufre Kufre again? Now. I mean, once again, I don't think he's an obvious upgrade, but I mean, but but I, I've made that apparent. I don't think he's a bad player necessarily. I just don't think he's he's clear of either Amundsen or even O'Toole. That's just my opinion of him. I don't think Kufre's bad. Uh, I still wonder what Amundsen do. Not he can't even see the light of day on the field anymore. So I, I, I do I, think that I yeah. sat behind the, you. Um, you and I, uh, John Bull, sat behind the uh, behind the uh, benches, and uh, Amundsen was warming up because I think at one point Kufre was laboring a little bit. Um, so um, mm. Amundsen put on his kit and was, I think, was about to come on, but then they made changes, and I think that's when, uh, I think that's when, um, when uh, Morales came on for Magno. That makes sense. But he was getting ready to come on the field. Yeah, I guess he's a. Uh, you know, it's so funny just to me how like even um, O'Toole's above him. I like O'Toole a lot. Same with like before when Tiago was seemed a lot like before he got loaned out was lost his way out of the whole rotation for a bit there. Like one game they had, um, uh, it was like Jason and Pellegrini, like two people above him. I was just shocked that Tiago didn't come in. I think it was the, was it the DC game? Maybe No, no, he, he scored in DC. He had to be the one before that. It was that. Miami game. Yeah, Miami, yeah. Which was just surprising to me. So. No, but, okay, yeah. So bottom five, what do you say is the bottom five? You said Kufre. I'd say Kufre, and this is just NYC. We're not talking uh, Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kufre, uh, who was on the last night? Like, Gabby put on a, a decent game, but nothing too crazy. Um, Tyus, maybe Tyus really didn't do much at all, if we're talking starters. Um, Tiago Martins, maybe, I don't know, but he's been doing great, too. No one did particularly bad in my mind to like even think about bottom five. Everyone kind of did their job. The only player I thought was bad 
per se last night was Talos Magno. But even he had yeah. like moments in the game where like like there was like this one p- specific moment where he was like deep, like he was like receiving a ball like deep, like basically from like a left back mm-hmm. position and almost sent Gabi like on his way. Like it was like an, it was like a very good ball, like 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 mm-hmm. like in behind yes. had it had it been an inch to the left, like we're probably talking like an early like tally by Gabby as well. But I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna say Talis, Kufre. Um I guess I mean there's only so many ratings on a team, right? There's only eleven yeah. ratings on a, a starting lineup. So I would say Kufre, probably Martins, um Talis Magno, Gabby Pereira, and I guess James Sands, even though I wouldn't agree, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. Alright, so the lowest rated player according to who scored was a three-way tie. Tiago Martins, uh, 6.8. Fatmob, 7.1. Ta- it's not a bad rating. Talis Magno, 6.8 on who scored, 7.0 on Fatmob. Gabriel Pereira, 6.8 on who scored, 7.1 on Fatmob. So, so they basically, everybody, so both apps basically have all, everybody on the pitch, all the starters having at least decent games, if not above average games. Yes. So it's pretty much, I, I guess that's a testament to how well we played as a team. Like Gabe Seagal, Gabe Siegel, who scored? I didn't six, even think of Siegel. Six I can't, yeah, I completely forgot about him. 6.9 <laughs> on who scored, 7.2 on FOTMOB. Now here is the one. That is the most controversial and probably and is by far the biggest uh, difference between the two apps. James Sands. James Sands was given a 6.9 rating by who scored. What did he get on FOTMOB? FOTMOB, 7.9. Yeah, so I think it's obvious which one doesn't rate defensive masterclasses as well as the other. <laughs> Like, that's a whole point difference between the two rating systems. All the other ones are close. They're within point, point three, point four of of all of these of, of each other of, of each other's rankings. This one is six nine to seven nine. That's huge. Six nine is a very pedestrian game. Seven nine is borderline man of the match. Like that's that's a big difference. <laughs> um, and then the one player you guys kept talking about is a player who's kind of that was the. I mean, obviously we have a top five and a bottom five, and then obviously with eleven v eleven, there's one player who's exactly in the middle, um, and that kind of was uh, Brian Kufre, um, who uh, seven eight according to FOTMOB and seven one according to who scored. So FOTMOB thought he had a better game than Olenich. Um Yeah, no, yeah, that's crazy. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and who scored <laughs> think he had a slightly worse game than than Olenich, So. I, I don't even care like how you feel about Brian Kufre. If you thought that he had a better game than Elenich last night, you're on you're you're on crack. <laughs> I've said this, <laughs> but like I'm sorry, like especially like Elenich with with the assists too. Like exactly, I mean, exactly. you're factoring that in. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. like, and, and it's and it's not like one of those cheap assists either, where you pass it to a player and then he just does a bunch of brilliant work to like break through a defense and then you know like like a nice like little tidy finish again. We're talking about a inch perfect cross to like like. With a with a great finish at the end, like with a very good like headed finish at the end of it, like like, like we're we're talking about uh, like like the XA on that assist is probably at least zero point six or zero point seven on that pass alone, like like the expected assist like rating on that ball, like it, 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 you literally can't deliver a ball better than that. 
Like so, uh, I, who who said that? Wait, was it who scored or Thought Mob that had Kufre having a better game than Illinois? Thought Mob. Thought Mob. I didn't. I don't have. It was just point one. It was seven point eight to seven point seven for Illinich. Okay, so shame on who scored for not acknowledging defensive, uh, the defensive brilliance in uh, in the ratings, and shame on Thought Mob for being dumb. And Fa- so... uh, who, 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 who scored had uh, Kufre at a seven one and Illinich at a seven two. That's still way too close, in my opinion. I think I, I still think I think Illinich. Like, like, listen, regardless of your feelings on Kufre, whether you think he's bad or not. Ilenich was clearly the better player. Like, was he not in your guys' eyes? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Davi? Never mind, he's mad at me. All right. No, so, no, no, no. I, no, I agree, I agree, I agree. So, the, uh, uh, yeah. I don't really look too much into the bench players, but also big differences. Uh, they they had, uh, uh, who scored had Santi Rodriguez at a 6.0, and uh, Fat Mob had him at a 6.5. Uh, Andres Jason on who scored was a 6.1 and on Fat Mob he was a 6.5. Tavon Gray was a 6.0 on who scored and a 6.3 on Fat Mob. And I actually don't think Tavon played poorly and like, Alfredo, coming off the bench. Alfredo Morales did not get a score on Fat Mob because he wasn't on for long enough. Um, just eight, well, what is that? You have to be on for at least 15 minutes? Is that the rule? Yeah, he came on at 83. Um, uh, but on who scored he got a 6.1. Okay. Yeah, um, no. Uh, I I thought Tavon played well off the bench last night, personally. I thought he was getting higher up the pitch, which I thought was definitely better. And he didn't look too bad. There was, like, one, like, moment where he actually, like, kind of, like, went, like, straight around like a defender. Like, he tapped the pass. And then got taken down and got back up and crossed. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely – he puts in the he, – he's hard, he's a hard worker. I'll give him that. He is – he has an engine. He is a hard worker. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And I would like to see him get more in the attack, because even though like his final product isn't great, I feel like him, I don't think he's, he doesn't, I don't, I think having him up there would be a net benefit for everybody else involved, especially Gabby Pereira, you know, like to have somebody to link off with, because I, th- I feel like that's like one thing that Gabby Pereira needs to succeed. So I, I know we haven't seen him yet, so we can't really speak on his abilities in a blue shirt. We can only speak on what he did with DC and Seattle. But if there's ever, for, if ever for some reason there's issues with our center backs, like uh, somebody gets injured, somebody's on international duty, I I would not, I would much rather slide Tavon Gray into center back than play Tony Alfaro. What do you guys? Is that a hot take, or what? Or do you guys agree with that? No, I agree with that absolutely. No, I'd even want James Sands going back there. No, I don't think he would want to be back in center back. Yeah, no. I mean, we saw. I, I, we saw. I hundred percent agree with you, Joe. I don't. I do not want to see Alfaro on the pitch yeah, we, at all. We saw what. Jam- I mean, James Sands can do a job, but his his value mm. of at, at the six is just his value at the six exceeds the the security of him playing center back again. Well, the difference is, is that he's he's a serviceable center back. He's a phenomenal defensive midfielder. Exactly. Like, like, yeah. Like he's he's had like I I legitimately this might sound like Homer bullshit and you know feel free to like correct me I can't think off the top of my head any other defensive midfielder in MLS that's better than James Sands I can't on his day like James Sands just he's so just he he's brilliant in all the subtle ways you need him to be he wins all those balls he's good on the ball you know like at at, at center at, at center back you kind of unless he's playing like. It, as like the middle center back of like a back three in which he can kind of play a more f- like a, f- a free roaming, like sweeper role. You're really kind of neutering them. Honestly, there's only, like, like you're taking, there's two players I can think of that are cut from the same mold as James Sands. They're older than him, 
but they play a very very similar style as to him, and that's Victor Wanyama, which is that's very high praise because uh, Victor Wanyama is a former uh, Premier League player. Yeah, Victor um, Wanyama is a good ball player. Yeah, um, and then the uh, the dude who plays the six for the Seattle Sounders, I think his name's like Jao Paolo or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they they uh, they are very similar players to James Sands. They're toothy, uh, and they and they very rarely put a foot wrong while playing the six. Yeah, uh, the, the only other player that I was thinking of, but the thing is, he's more of an eight. Was Ricky Pooj? Ricky Pooj is more of an eight, though. Yeah, he's not he, like yeah, a. He, he likes I, to get forward. James Sands doesn't really. Yeah, he's like that. He's not. He's not, he's not mm-hmm. like Ricky Pooj. Isn't like a like a like a thoroughbred like number six. Like like I love Ricky Pooj. I think he's one of the better players in the league. It's a shame he's stuck on that awful awful LA Galaxy team. But you know, like what you know, what are you gonna do? I'm willing to go out on a limb. And I, granted, this is very high praise, but like James Sands. Is like the American Gennaro Gattuso? Holy shit! Yeah, well, I mean, I can see it. You know, no, because he's kind of like a bulldog. Yeah, no, yeah, no, for sure, I can see it. <laughs> I used to love. Work I, hard. I used to love watching Gattuso play. That that dude. My he fa- wanted to kill people. <laughs> so I saw Gattuso win a World Cup, and I respect Gattuso's game massively. But my favorite Gattuso moment is by far like that press conference when he's like, "Sometimes maybe." Yeah, you know, like it's just it's it's like one of the best it's one of the best quotes I've ever had a manager like I've ever heard a manager like, say like in my life. So, so applicable to real life as well. Yeah. Well I remember like yep. somebody saying like uh like that like South American transfer rumors be like and like sometimes I mean the sometimes maybe shit, you know, and I'm just like, yep. It it's it, 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 it you could perfectly use it like in any kind of situation, even outside of sports and just Gattuso is just such like he's such an animated character, and you can tell that he's just a passionate person, and he, and, and he played that way too. But like I, I Sands is like a, I saw James Sands like do like the pregame like speech like for the uh, for the game uh, last week uh, against Atlanta, and he's dropping like f bombs and everything like that, and he's got that like. <laughs> He's got that voice. Like he's got that voice. You know, like, like it, it's just—it's so weird. Like you don't expect that voice to come out of that kid, and you definitely don't expect him to be like as like. I, I'm not saying this like in a negative way. Like as violent as he is on a, on the pitch, like as he actually is, because he's he's like cagey. He's a cagey fucker. That kid, like like he really is. Like he does not fear anybody. And I've seen him put world class attackers in his back pocket before. It's insane. I bet Zlatan Ibrahimovic remembers James Sands. <laughs> Wayne Rooney, man, was always in a in his pocket. You know? Yeah, I think Wayne Rooney actually didn't he mention like Sands by name one time? That's like one of the better players. I I, I don't rem- I don't remember somebody did like one of the players that came over like mentioned like James Sands is like a player to look out for. Yeah, I honestly don't think any coach or other players ever said anything bad about Sands. Like the kid is great. Like I mean, such what, high what, potential. What's bad to say about him? The only thing bad that you can say about him is that he's only decent at center back, which is the problem that he ran into at Rangers because that was the position mm-hmm. that he was stuck at. I honestly feel like if they had given him a prolonged like five game, ten game stint, you know, at the six, I think we, I don't think we ever see James Sands again. You know, like like, and I'm and I'm grateful because he's kind of a treat right now. We weren't expecting to have him. I mean, we we knew that his loan with Rangers like wasn't panning out, and. I had said, like, I had gone on record to say that I did expect him to return to the club. But, like, I, 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 I remember saying that it would be in his best interest to return. But, like, I was, I was also, like, half expecting him to go to somewhere else in Europe, like, if there were suitors. Uh, the fact that we're getting him for, like, uh, we're getting a second bite of the cherry when it comes to Sands 
is 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 just like like I said, it's a treat, and I'm and I'm happy that it's happening. It was so unexpected that week, and we needed that for sure. So the last thing I'll talk about um, with uh, Nashville, um, the, their highest rated player on Fat Mob was Hani Mukhtar, uh, seven point four, and on Who Scored he had a seven point six, and he was the only player who had a notable ranking uh, who did really anything this match with him scoring the uh, the goal and really was the only one who looked dangerous on the ball um, other than a few, a few chances here and there. Um, I think now is as good time as ever to kind of go um, around the table here and give our final thoughts as we put the nail in the coffin as now we have played two matches against Nashville. We will not see them again until the playoffs. If they are there, I know hopefully we will be there. Um, so let's go around and give our final thoughts on this match. Uh, let's start with the special guest. Yeah, so I honestly think uh, this was, especially in the first, that the first time this season we looked like how we should. Like, we looked like a dominant team. We looked like we could put teams away. And that's even without a top-tier striker. Uh, easily the best game we've played this season. And I just hope that we can keep that momentum going into next week against Dallas. Um, but just proud what the team was able to do this week. They're getting more comfortable. And just, yeah, excited for the rest of it. John, where do you tweet out of? Uh, what was that? What's your, ta- what, what's, <laughs> your what's your handle? What's your t- Twitter handle? <laughs> oh, my head. I'm sorry. It's John underscore Santoro. Nice and simple. Very good. Uh, Christian, let's get, let's give me some, give me some fire. Give me some, give me some hot shit. Well, I said before, I said during the preview episode that I think this NYCFC team this weekend is going to surprise people, and I think that we were all positive. I, I expected them to win. I expected them to be pretty convincing. I didn't expect them to be as dominant as they were for like about like three fourths of the games they were. And I think it's testament to that. Listen, we are still lacking a nine. That's obvious. I also still think there's something to be said about a left center back, perhaps. But I mean, it's not like Chanel isn't delivering in that position right now. He's been the better of the two center backs for the last two weeks running. So, I mean, all things considered. Uh, like, like I, I, I do expect us to, I, I do expect us to find our form and to find like a, a solid, you know, base. Like I, this is, this is a solid game that you can build on. It's not like the DC United game where, like, yeah, you scored three goals, but defensively you're a disaster. I thought this game were very offensively good. Uh, you know, there we, we, we had it in us to score at least four goals, honestly, minimum in this game. And I thought defensively we did our job all night, except outside of the. Uh, the one goal that Hani Mukhtar scored. Like outside of that, we were very tidy. Uh, you know, some nervy moments, but nothing like nothing that was like really yielding like I think like high XG like chances like all night. So I do think that this team had a very complete game on Saturday against Nashville. And um and I and I and I hope that they can use this as the as the building block for future performances. Uh, especially with one more game against a relatively beatable FC Dallas. You know, once again, at City Field's coming up. So, yeah, that's that's my final thoughts on the game. Good performance, very complete. Uh, was impressed both offensively and defensively, and we move. Davi, that wasn't Cushing. That that I, I can tell you that the, the whoever coached, whoever came up with that plan was not Cushing. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Back to fucking normal. This is this is this is what uh, this is what I expect from this club. Uh, I mean, to be honest, the players and everybody at the club uh, actually put put this expectation on them after the winning MLS Cup. After winning MLS Cup, my expectations for this club has gotten higher, uh, as as it should be, because 
you know, whenever you whenever you win a, uh, a trophy, you know, prestigious as MLS Cup, you know, the, the highest prize in Major League Soccer, uh, you expect more and more from from a club that was able to get to the top, to the pinnacle of MLS. Um, so this is this is exactly what I expected from them. Uh, uh, this is from the start of the year, really. I I, I backed them to finish high up the table, uh, even though when all these pundits or uh, was labeling us to go uh, finish as low as twelfth place in the East. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that prediction's going to hold up too well by the end of the year. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm just so happy that we performed this way. Uh, this is this is what I expect, uh, you know, from from us, especially at home uh, against an opponent that we historically struggled against. Uh, no wins up until last night, our first win in history uh, in MLS when it comes uh, to facing Nashville. And uh, I just gotta say, man, I fucking hate Nashville, man. I hate playing against these cunts. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Nashville. They just the way they play, I just fucking hate it, man. It's it's like it kind of reminds me of Burnley. Uh, very negative. It's very Burnley. negative. Yeah, very negative. I I don't like it. Um, I think I, I think the I, hate I, 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 I think the hate stems from the residual Red Bull that they have on the team, probably. Yeah, yeah, that too. That to a certain extent also kind of plays into the uh, plays into the reason why I, I kind know, of don't I, like Nashville as well. But I know when I see uh, it, when I, I mean when I see that that little redheaded stepchild sit out in the field, it makes me kind of pissed. So. Oh yeah, he got he got megged by um, um Santi Rodriguez towards the end of the game there. I thought the ball was going out for a throw, but uh, Santi was able to get uh, the little cheeky little nutmeg uh, on that stupid piece of shit. So uh, I'm just so glad that um, you know we were we were out, we were able to get the W. I mean, because I genuinely thought they were going to equalize because uh, I thought they were going to give him like so so much goddamn time uh, just just to equalize. I thought they were going to give ten minutes towards the end because. I don't know, man. I just, I just have, I just don't like it when this team goes back and defends a one goal lead. It's, it's just, it's just the Nick Cushing way. Like, whenever you, whenever you're up by a goal, it doesn't matter. You're home or away. You just sit back and defend. I fucking hate that shit. Go for more, man. Don't, don't defend a one goal lead. It's not gonna, it's not gonna end well most of the time if, if you just sit back and defend. So I'm just so glad we were able to get the W. I, I'm disappointed we didn't get more goals, but. You know what? We got the three points in the end, so it is what it is, and uh, we're fucking back. And if we get a real fucking striker, the the whole league is fucked, man. I'm telling you, this league is fucked once we get a proper striker. I recommend. I, I echo those sent that sentiment. Um, my final Fuck thought. Nashville. <laughs> my final thoughts. Um, um, I left the stadium happy, um, which is a good thing because I mean, when I left the stadium, Yankee Stadium uh, against Atlanta, um, it, it it didn't feel good. Um, although we we came away with a point. Um, I don't like. Uh, I didn't like the fact that we uh, we were playing against a team that was down a man, and we did not look like we were, they were down a man, and we didn't impart our will on them and score at will like you should when you're playing against. A it team looked that like was it looked like man. we were down a man. Yeah. Um. So this game, I was. I'm super excited that we were able to come out. 11 minutes in, score a goal. 25 minutes in, score a second a goal. I wish we could would have just kept scoring and scoring and scoring and crushed their will to play. Um, we let them creep back into the game, but when you walk away with three points, three points is all that matters. I don't, it doesn't matter how it happens. It just matters that it happens. Climbing the table, staying in striking range of, of that, of the top three, top three spots in, in the East, staying well above our, our neighbors across the river, um, and staying above our, uh, our, um, malevolent assholes down in, uh, down South, down 995 a little bit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Fuck, ex- ex- I, 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 
if that city burned to the ground, I'd be happy. I'm not going to lie. Excited to be uh, be back in City Field again this weekend against uh, FC Dallas. Um, excited to see the same people I saw this weekend. It was, it was great to walk around Fan Fest and 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 see see some faces that I haven't seen in a little while. Um, I ran into, ran into ran into a guy that we're probably going to have here on the pod soon that uh that I was next to in Portland. Um, and so whenever I see him, I, I instantly think of our time in Portland together, and that's that's a cool memory. Um, but yeah, three points can't, can't be, can't be mad at three points. It's impossible to be mad, to be mad at three points, three points is three points. And it's, it's, it's a reason to celebrate, um, but not rest on our laurels because we have to come back next week and do it all over again. Uh, so with that, that brings a close to the national chapter of the 2023 season. We end the season with them, a split decision, one, one win each. Um, just a reminder, um, friends of the pod, uh, Anthony Buckley, Bronx OG, Scott, uh, we haven't had Scotty on yet, but the world famous 234 is hosting their Hawaiian shirt night on June 3rd. Mark your calendars, get your NYCFC Hawaiian shirts. I'm wearing, I'm wearing the uh, Juneteenth shirt in honor of that announcement. Just saw it on Twitter, dropped not too long ago. Um, and also, I'd like to shout out the guys at Hudson River Blue for uh, for copying me in a tweet about uh, about the Sounders getting pummeled by the uh, uh, the uh, Timbers last night, and with the start of that pummeling coming as um, as a bear got brought onto the field. <laughs> um, they, they they directly uh, tweeted me in the in the tweet, so, so I guess they know about my feelings about a bear. Um, but as always. New York is blue. Come on, you city boys. Make some fucking noise.